It's the Sleepers Podcast. It's your boy, Greg Waddell, a.k.a. G. With me, as always, my good friend, Carter Elliott, a.k.a. Cat. Cat, what's going on? Coming at y'all live from the new setup. Got my mic stand, got my mic, got my ring light. Got the boys, pearly whites going good. I'm feeling good, man. What's going on with you? It's a new era for the Sleepers, as you just mentioned. We got some new equipment. We did a little investing in ourselves, you could say. Um, trying to bring some of the best content that we can do to all of our friends and fans and basketball fans all over the world. Uh, but speaking of basketball fans all over the world, particularly in the state of Michigan, Carter, it's good to see a smile on your face. I was expecting what you're pointing to right now, the expression on your hat after that Michigan State game. Absolutely embarrassing. Don't it? I at a loss for words. I definitely had to collect myself before hopping on here. The, you know, the, the I almost almost didn't hop on G, but the content must go on. But I was definitely sad, boy. Definitely sad, gang. I give you credit for jumping on. Um, so we we got a great week of basketball. We've got the NBA coming back. We want to do a little bit of an NBA preview on this episode. First, though, I think we're going to get into just some quick reactions to what we just watched in the Michigan State Northwestern game. Uh, but at the very top, I think we should probably give everybody listening a quick overview of what to expect because they, if they've been following us on social media, they probably see some, uh, some previews of new content. Cart, you want to give them a little preview? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, you know, as always, we're going to keep the podcast coming, but we got a lot of new stuff coming for you. We got videos, we got our YouTube up and running, our Instagram, Twitter, uh, really touching all points of social media. Um, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball uh, moving forward with higher quality equipment, higher quality content. You know, I'm just, we got a lot coming, a lot in the works right now. We're really locking in and we're uh, getting a head start coming into 2021 strong. Sleepers Media is really, you know, we're coming. Yes, sir. We are turning the page. You should expect to see more of us and more better quality of us. Honestly, we're hoping to get some good guests on episodes. We've been doing daily picks on Twitter, although today was uh, <laughs> my first 0-3 day, so I should be wearing a sad face hat just like Carter is. But um, if you like us, follow at Sleepers Media on Twitter. We got a YouTube channel coming. Hopefully you will see this episode on our YouTube channel if you want to watch the video version. Otherwise, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, but as Carter mentioned, we, uh, we've been having fun doing this. Hopefully you've been having fun listening. So we are going to up our game and hopefully do a little more. Let's Stay tuned. Let's get it. Uh, so let's go straight into the Michigan State game. Rapid reactions. We just watched the Michigan State Spartans lose a game that was never really truly in contention from the tip uh, to the Northwestern Wildcats, who very objectively, Carter, are a bad Big Ten basketball team. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's not up for argument. It's not. You know. It's not a for any discussion northwestern is a very bad basketball team and one of the greatest things about having your own podcast where no one really watches what you say is you can say what you want to say and i'll straight up just put it like this michigan state played like some bitches tonight like from top to bottom everybody just played like bitches uh you when you have your two best players out there just absolutely giving trash effort and we have Mark Watts giving us nothing on the offensive end and then coming down the defensive end and getting his ass bust by a dude named boo booey you're not going to win a game. Like it's, it's, it was absolute trash performance all the way down. Joey Hauser's week with the ball. I, I hate Josh Langford's deep, deep twos. I, it was just absolutely awful the whole game and credit to Northwestern for winning the game, but those dudes suck. All right. Like don't no other big 10 team should be scared of Northwestern. They, they aren't that Michigan state just, just got their ass whoops tonight. And they all played like hoes. That's all it was. 
So little personal story about the infamous Boo Booey uh, on a trip to Chicago last year in the middle of the college basketball season, uh, back pre-COVID, I went out to a Chicago bar on a Thursday night, I believe it was. Um, and there was a Friday tip for Northwestern the following day. And Boo Booey walked into the establishment by himself. Actually, there was a female with him, uh, but it wasn't like he was with the whole team. It wasn't like it was just the squad, but Boo Booey had himself a nice little night on the town in Shy City. Uh, I don't know if he does that all the time, but that's the man who just basically made Rocket Watts his son for 40 minutes. Boo Booey, 30 points, nine for 15 from the field, five or six from three, step back shots. Um, and it's kind of hard to call yourself Rocket when that's what happens on the court, right? Yeah, that shit was sputtering tonight. That shit ain't have no jet fuel. So does this bring like large scale concerns or was this just a bad game for Michigan State? Because to me, I mean, you know what my concerns with this Michigan State team have been all season, Carter. It's do they have anybody that's a high quality Big Ten player at the five? I would say based on tonight, no. Do they have a true point guard? I would say based on tonight, no. Um, are those going to be things that sort of plague them all season long that now are question marks to you on what the team's ceiling could be? Yeah, I mean, I think tonight what really showed its kind of ugly head is we would have games like this last year where everyone would be playing like they were tonight. And then that little ugly point guard, Cassius Winston, would come and just save us. Like, and just ugly? Make, We're going to yeah, call Cash ugly, really? Cash is, Cash is ugly, but but he's a bucket. Come on. But I'm sorry, man. I love Cash. He's my favorite state player of all time. But all I'm saying is, like, if it came down to it and we weren't playing well, like, we could always count on Cash to pick us up either offensively, uh, making shots or, you know, making better shots for others. But tonight kind of really reared its ugly head. Like, we couldn't lean on anybody. And, you know, at the start of the year, I would have thought we would lean on Aaron Henry. But, I mean, tonight he was just disengaged on both ends of the floor, settling for jump shots when him getting to the basket is what is best for our team. Um, I get he's trying to, you know, expand his game, but we were at best when he was attacking the hoop tonight. And him settling – for threes was just given, you know, that's just, that's what the defense wanted. And also uh, on the, while we're on the topic of Aaron Henry, like I know you're trying to expand your game and I know you may be capable of making those shots, but at some point in the year, you got to start hitting those or you got to stop taking them. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't just take all year. Like it's, it's big 10 play now. So it's time to win these damn games. So it's not, this ain't no time to experiment and we're not playing UD mercy in Western Michigan every, every other week. It's time to play. So I get what you're saying about Henry, um, but I actually don't think he was the problem at all tonight. And I think despite maybe questionable oh, no, shot he, selection. He of, he, come on, he was part of the problem. Part of the problem, but the production is still there, though. Like, yeah, he didn't go for 20, but he was 5 for 10 from the field. He had three assists. He had 11 points. Like lot, he, I know, but so many defensive breakdowns. It, it, that, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, usually he's a really good defender, and he was uh, he was bad tonight. But I guess what I'm saying is like a bad game for Aaron Henry is still 
a somewhat productive game. Like you don't have to worry about if you have Henry on the floor, he gets you nothing. What I saw tonight was nothing from Rocket Watts. I mean, that was 21 of the emptiest minutes I have ever seen from a guy who was supposed to be a breakout superstar. If he's not hitting shots, I don't know what he gives this team right now. Joey Hauser had the injury concern. Uh, it looks like he's going to be okay, I would say. He, mm-hmm. he made his way back into the second half of that game. Um, who knows how much it affected him. He didn't shoot the ball well. He, he didn't hit the boards well. Really, nobody on the team hit the boards well. Foster Lawyer had five rebounds. Um, but I, I don't know. I look at this team, and I see a team that has six players, Cart, that are all – sort of hybrid wings that can play anywhere from the two through four, but you can't really play five of those six guys at once. I mean, Henry Hauser, Watts, Langford, Malik Hall, Gabe Brown to me are the six best players on this team. Mm -hmm. And at any given time, only four of those guys are on the floor and there's still at least one, if not two massive question marks. Yeah. I mean, the, Though we do have the depth, I think this team, I think this Michigan State team actually does have some pretty good depth or better than I thought when the year started. But tonight it was just a collect. I mean, it was also like the like the worst case scenario. Like you have Rocket play absolutely terrible. Henry plays terrible. I don't really think anyone. Re- I don't think you could really say anyone played good tonight. I think to you honest. can say Gabe played good. And my okay, next Gabe question is going to be yes. I okay, mean, my fault. I, so I also got a. Based off roster construction, though, like, is Gabe even going to get an opportunity to break through? I don't know yeah. that he is. You know what I mean? I think, I th- no, I think eventually, like, when what he's been showing, Izzo's not going to have a choice. Like, you got you to gotta throw Gabe out, out there more. I mean, he's automatic damn near from three. He's athletic. He does the right things. And, like, he's someone you can throw out there, and you don't got to worry about Gabe. Like, last year, like, I actually gave him the nickname Goofy because sometimes he was just out there being a goofball sometimes. but not. He is kind of goofy, but now he's like, he's older. He's a sophomore. He's a hard worker. Like you just can't, he does. You, you don't got to worry about Gabe Brown is what I'm saying. So he's, I mean, he's going to force Izzo's hand, especially with some dudes playing like they are right now. Like that, that was bad. But is he not totally redundant to the quote unquote three best players on his team though? I mean, if you're, if you're playing Gabe Brown at any game, any given game over 30 minutes, that comes at the expense of either Josh Langford, Aaron Henry or Rocket Watts. See, and I think it's going to get down to a case where it might have to come at the expense of Josh Langford. Yeah, I, I noted this to a couple people in a group text during the game, but when the go-to shot in a game where you're down 16 points in the second half is an off-the-dribble fall-away long two oh. from Josh Langford, that's a problem. And truthfully, though, that is this team's most reliable shot right now. And that is what should scare all Michigan State fans at this point in the season. See, but I don't think that's the most reliable shot. I think it became the most reliable shot because Aaron Henry was being so passive tonight. Our best offense should be him attacking and making a play because he is a above average passer, I would think. And he, you know, mentally, he makes the right plays. So I think him attacking and making plays, especially when they're in that zone, like they went in that zone and just absolutely rattled Michigan State, like attack the zone, make a play. And then even when they did make a play, we give it to Hauser up top and he's acting like he's never held a basketball before. He's just got guys just poking at him. He's just losing them. I'm like, just go, go to the sideline, take the ball and just 
start doing a little hand smack things or something. But Henry's not really doing that in the half court though, right? Like he's got to get out in transition, I think, in order to be utilized at his best. I haven't really seen him. Yeah, be I mean, yeah, yeah, court. he does. But at the same time, like he's, he's, in a, he's not some guy who's going to like break him down and like go to the hoop, but he's effective with his moves. You know what I'm saying? Like if he's going to jab and go, he's going to go and he's going to get to his spot somewhere or another. Might be unorthodox, might not look pretty, but he's somehow going to get to his spot but he wasn't even trying to get to his spots today. I think he was just really settling and that hurt us. Sure. Okay. I have one, one more big question before I give like my final take on Michigan state and where they're at right now. But Izzo keeps saying this to anybody that'll listen. There's a great 20 minute video of an interview with him and John Beeline from this week. That's really well done. Um, but he, he keeps saying he dropped this multiple times in the video that he expected someone to separate from the five position battle and nobody has yet. He's very public in his willingness to express that he's unhappy with the progression of all his centers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for one, am shocked Thomas Kithier is still starting. If you look at the minutes today, we had Julius Marble with nine minutes, Marcus Bingham with eight minutes, Sissoko with only two minutes, Kithier with 18. Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to be a long-term thing? And if it is, I mean, this is a major limiting factor on Michigan State's potential this season, right? Definitely is a limiting factor. Uh, hopefully those guys do turn it around throughout the year. I mean, a little bit better than what we're getting, especially Kithier. Um, not only should he not be starting, but some of the passing and decisions he makes, like when he's up under the basket and he kicks out, like that's just like go up strong, go lay it up strong. You're a good basketball player. Go up there and finish, you know, finish a layup. Like why are you passing it out when you're underneath? And I, his decision-making just isn't there for me. And as much as, you know, Izzo might be forced to, like, play, like, small ball and have, like, I don't know, like Malik Hall at the five or some player like that, eventually down the road, we're going to get beaten up by bigger teams. Like, that, that's not going to fly. Like, we got to go small ball against, like, Wisconsin. That ain't, that's not going to get it done. Like, right. Re- Reavers and Michael Potter <laughs> are going to, you know, have a field day with us. So, you know, we're going to need those guys to step up. Um, Why do you think he's sticking with Kithier right now? Is it just that Bingham and uh, Marble aren't where they're supposed to be yet? I mean, Bingham's definitely not where he's supposed to be. But honestly, Marble ain't played too bad. He's been showing me some things. I mean, when he does get in there, he at least plays really hard. I mean, he's doing – I don't really know what Kithier brings that Marble doesn't bring, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I give Kithier a little bit of credit at least. Like, he's not a total liability. Like, he has decent hands. He'll catch and finish. He's not skilled. He's not going to step out and knock down shots. He's not, I would say, a plus defender really at all. Um, but he's he's not too different, like, conceptually with what I've seen with Michigan starting Austin Davis when he was healthy of, like, yeah, it's really annoying. He's a really limited player, but he's going to catch and finish. Whereas like Austin, at least Austin Davis like catches and finishes though. I don't, like, yeah. I, I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I could call Kithier a finisher cause he doesn't try to finish. So like, I can't, it's just a, a catch and it's know, just a catch. It's a catch. He'll, he'll catch it. True. Um, so where are you at with this Michigan state team now? I mean, uh, I think preseason you said they were a team you expected to compete for the big 10 title, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily win it, but a team that would be dangerous in March. Are you still standing by that? Are you not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still going to stand by that. Um, I'm going to chalk this up to just one of those, one of those days, maybe. Um, 
Is it one of those months, though? I mean, they've looked really bad against three straight bad teams before this. Yeah, they have, but I'm I'm taking more of the optimistic approach to this. So we're, you know, maybe on the next pod, I'll have some more things to say. But right now, I think it's just it's something that happened right now, and we're going to move on and be better from it. And uh, we got something coming for them Badger boys. Okay. So I, I think Michigan State will be fine in Big Ten play. I think they will be right around where I would have projected them preseason. I think I had them fifth preseason. I don't think they'll be a true threat to the title, but they're going to be a tournament team. They'll get their mm-hmm. share of wins. They'll lose their share of games. I do think their ceiling in March has changed in my mind, though. I think like from the month and a half that I've seen them play right now, I don't see the consistency there that I would look for from a team that could win six straight games or win four straight and make a run of the final four. Like mm-hmm. this is a team to me that can get hot for one game. I don't know that I trust them to even string two good games in a row together right now, because I don't know where the offense comes from. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's really fair that you're really catching me off. Like after what happened in this game, I can't really defend myself because like that was really bad. So like, I just kind of got to take this. Sure. But uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, and and the last thing, because I don't want to just talk about this the whole time, but even games like this, like you got to find a way to win. like good teams, great teams. Like, let's say I think two weeks ago, Villanova was down by 16 to Georgetown and they find a way to win that game. Like somehow, some way you got to find a way to win that game. Right. And dig deep. And there was players on that Villanova team that dug deep. And right now we try to, we guys tried to dig deep and we just, there was nothing there. Like it was just, it was a very heartless, like, and it was embarrassing to be honest. It was an embarrassing game to watch. Right. And uh, to your point about digging deep, them boys in Ann Arbor in a tie game against the Nitty Lions last week, dug deep in a tie game, turned it around, got the dub. Uh, six and oh, by the way, Michigan has surpassed Michigan State on Ken Palm. We'll see if they pass them in the rankings after Thanks this. Thanks a lot, Spartans. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move larger scale onto sort of an overview of NCAA basketball this week. There's some really good games, uh, some Christmas Day games. We're being treated with Christmas Day college hoops, which is something I both feel really bad for the players that they have to endure and feel great <laughs> for myself that I get to watch. Um, Michigan at Nebraska on Christmas Day, Wisconsin at Michigan State in the Breslin on Christmas Day. We've also got Kansas hosting West Virginia this week, and we've got Gonzaga at Virginia Pretty much those are the four games I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to just quick preview thoughts on Wisconsin, Michigan State? I mean, Wisconsin, as much as you and I hate to say it, has looked really great right now. Yeah, they have. Thank God. I thank God that game's not at the Cole Center. I'll say that. Um, if if you're betting on Wisconsin and they're at the Cole Center and you can bet on like over under fouls or free throws, take the over. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I you we've already talked about it before. Like we've all we've been very you know, critical of Wisconsin, but I mean, they've been getting it done, man. And their whole team is like 23. Um, They just got a bunch of old guys. They got a bunch of like, they got a bunch of men playing and they got guys that play very well together. And Greg guard, they're very well coached. Uh, Shout out Greg guard. I know you don't want to give him his credit, but you got to, they've been playing. I give him credit. I give him credit right now. I mean, they've, they've been playing well. They bounced it. They had that tough loss. I think they're only ones against Marquette on a really a tough box out situation by Michael Potter, who's supposed to be that preseason, everything, Michael Potter preseason, everything according to some, but Hey, uh, that's going to be a really tough game. And uh, I'm definitely like you already pointed out before. I'm already afraid of what's going to happen on the front court. uh, Cause that's where they excel and Reavers, who I think is their best player. um, I, you know, 
he, they're big. They're a big team. And we got a front court right now that's underwhelming and that's where they can really expose us. But the one positive that I think we do have is we're going to bounce back from this game. And also, despite what happened in this game, our guard play is better than their guard play. And Brad Davidson's a hoe. Oh, I don't know that I'd go there. And I oh. know I'm not high on Wisconsin. Oh, man. Demetrius Trice? I, I mean, I think I'm taking senior Trice and senior Davison over whatever Michigan State's backcourt situation is right now. I don't include Henry and Brown in Michigan State's backcourt. Oh. I mean, did you just see what Rocket Watts just did? I already, I already, that wasn't Rocket. That was Mark. <laughs> right. And Mark, Mark is a 50 50 shot that he's going to come out, is the point. And then you're looking at Foster Lawyer and legitimate Jack Hoiberg minutes. I mean, we got a shift for Jack Hoiberg today. Shout out Tej on that one. He said, <laughs> step, step back, back Jack. Jack. Step back Jack. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely less confident coming off the game we just had. But uh, at the same time, like, I, I just don't think there's someone on Wisconsin who can really just outdo us. I mean, they needed a bit. Northwestern needed some big performances. I don't know if there's a boo booey on Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? There's not a guy. Well, I, like, I would there's flip. Not, that. There's not a Rashad Williams who's going to give us like 30 points. You know what I'm I saying? I would flip that though. I think in order for Michigan State to beat Wisconsin, they are the ones that need the big performance, and they're certainly mm-hmm. capable of it. Langford, Henry, Hauser, Watts are all guys that are capable of doing that. Um, but Wisconsin's model isn't to have a big breakout performance, win a game. It's to have the sum of their parts be a lot better than whatever the sum of the other team's parts are. Um, they, they, to me, they're the toughest team in the Big Ten right now. I'm shocked that I'm saying that. Illinois is still my pick to win the Big Ten. They had a tough road loss to Rutgers today. Iowa had the loss to Gonzaga. Their defense is going to be a real concern. Wisconsin's probably the NCAA team of the week last week with the win over Loyola, followed by a slaughter of Louisville. Um, Louisville is missing some guys due to COVID. So I, I don't know that we can take too much away from that game. Other than that, we just know you have to go out and beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not going to beat themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the team we've seen for the last month in Michigan state is a team we can trust to go out and really pull a game away on their own as a win. Yeah. But I just, you know what? I just think later down the road when I'm, when I'm getting ready for the final four in Michigan state, I'm going to look back at this breakout game by rocket Watts (laughs) against Madison. And he just gave them boys work. Look, I'm not saying it can't happen. And that might be the turning. That's the turning point. It certainly could. Um, All right. Last, you got to remember, man, this is rocks. Rocket's a sophomore, man. Who's playing the point guard for the first time in his life. There's going to be some growing pains. but why is he playing the point guard? Why don't you just recruit a good point guard? You had two years to do it. We're not gonna. We're not it. gonna do that. We're not he gonna. Not do on it. This we're not he gonna do it. Cardi didn't do it. Is the point? Like it, these are problems that were because very Rocket, avoidable. Rocket has the capability to be a point guard. He showed that this year in some games. Look, the marquee, yeah, the marquee win that we gave Michigan State a ton of credit for in Duke looks nowhere near as impressive as it did. The win against Notre Dame. You said that you said Notre Dame was most you said Notre Dame was the most impressive one. Yeah, until Notre Dame just lost by double digits to Purdue yesterday. And we know how you and I both feel about Purdue. Look, I'm just saying there's there's more questions based on Michigan State's results right now than there were when they just looked great in those Duke and Notre Dame games. And I don't feel like any of the questions we had preseason were answered. Hopefully they get there. They certainly could, but I'm you know I'm gonna be a skeptic on Rocket Watts until I see. Oh, Oh, you are. I, 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 are you not right now? You won't even call him Rocket. I mean, it's I, it's all right, Mark. Bounce back. 
I mean, just one more time for the people. Two for 11 from the floor, five points. Um, we've got three assists, zero turnovers. How about we end on a positive? Zero turnovers from Rocket Watts in 21 minutes today. Here, Rock. Hey, here, here, Mark. Cheers to that. Uh, let's flip it. Michigan is at Nebraska. Michigan, the 6-0 and undefeated team in the state of Michigan. Um, still barely sneaking into the top 25. Seems like the entire country is skeptical of the Wolverines still at this point. What I would say as a Michigan fan and someone that's watched every minute of their games is that uh, we've learned two big, massive developments from them from what we thought preseason. Franz Wagner is not the person we thought he would be or we hoped he would be. I don't know that I thought he would be an all-conference player necessarily, but a lot of people did. Um, and Hunter Dickinson, to me, is so much better than anybody thought he would be. Don't you don't you bring out those per 36 numbers. Don't even I'm not going to bring them out. I'm not going to bring I'm not even going to go into any numbers today, but right. I I'm just saying and okay. you you would probably agree with this as a state fan right now. Hunter Dickinson is a legitimate asset as a starting center in the Big 10. Like he's Oh yeah. He's probably a top four guy at worst at that position right now in the league, in a league that's loaded with some really good centers. Garza, Coburn, Trace Jackson Davis, and then I think you take Dickinson four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's – yeah, I, I, I wouldn't argue with that one. So, I mean, the thing with Michigan right now to me – Dickinson Williams maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, man. He's had a tough Dickinson, year this year. He had a tough year. It's been really good. Like yeah. he's he's quickly become oh, no. the focal point of their offense. No, no. We, I mean, and we, you know, we. If, if y'all don't know, me and G, we probably talk about every single day about basketball. Besides this, this is just like on in group. And you know, Hunter Dickinson has been unreal for Michigan. I mean, he's massive. Uh, he's pause. Uh, you know he. He catches everything. He finishes everything. Very underrated. He's an elite passer. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say elite. Elite's a star. Oh, he's, he's a, card. He's he's an elite passer. He's a very good passer for a freshman. Five six games into his career, he's an elite passer. Okay, he's he is a good passer. Yes. No, you um, can use that elite word. Let's let's go back know, to the elite. I ain't word. Using no elite word for anyone who dons the maize and blue because you made that decision. I mean, he here's here's the thing. Michigan to me is similar to Michigan state in the fact that they've got a bunch of guys that play the two through four that are all relatively high floor, maybe low ceiling guys. Right. Like I don't think there's a huge difference between Watts, Henry Langford, as there is like Sean D Brown, Isaiah livers, Franz Wagner, like they're good, high quality big 10 players who any given night is a fraud. Okay, Franz is a fraud, but on his worst night, Franz is still a really good wing defender in the league that isn't their leading scorer, but he gets close to 10 every game. So, yeah. The point is like Michigan's, I think Michigan's floor as a team is pretty high because of their depth. Like they can have a bad night and you can still expect two or three guys to produce on the court between Eli Brooks, the, all the guys I just named, Mike Smith, mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson. Um, what raises their ceiling right now is Dickinson. I mean, he's a guy that is a total game changer. He that, And they figure that out on the fly in the Oakland game. I think he played like 18 straight minutes, and that's when they went on the huge run. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I still feel similarly to what I did at the beginning of the season. Michigan is not a team that's going to win the Big Ten. I think right now I, I stand by the fact I think they're a step ahead of Michigan State um, solely because they have answers at the five and Michigan State doesn't. I mean, you just talked about state. who who y'all played. 
No comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Penn, I mean, Penn State, UCF, who actually had a really good win. I forget who they beat. Was it yesterday or today? Do you know this, honestly, who UCF beat? I'm about to look it up. It was a good win, though. You're not going to do you. You probably well. know it. You're not even saying it. We're going to sit here and cape for UCF. We can just end this right now. No, we can't. We're going we're gonna to look this up real quick. I'm, I'm going to mark this up. This is probably indicative of where your mason jar is at right now. I mean, we'll get to what's in the mason jar later. <laughs> um, UCF just beat Florida State at Florida State by 12. They did. That was a good. That was that was a good win. And Michigan beat them by 22. Michigan needed overtime to beat Oakland. Look, I'm just saying. I Penn State's a better team than Northwestern. Michigan got the win there. Michigan State also struggled against Oakland. I can't, dude. State really just set me up to run into a goddamn buzzsaw tonight. I, like, 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 let's just be objective. That's all I want. If Michigan loses to Nebraska, hey, hold, on. hold on a second. Can what? you can you give me my flowers? Because I've been objective this year. You have uh, been objective. I, I'm you. proud of you. Much thank more you. than I thought you would be. Thank you. you. All right. But the people deserve that. Don't act like that's something we should like <laughs> actually give you flowers for. Like, if we're gonna go video, I'm gonna buy sound panels on the wall. Like, <laughs> you better be objective. That's true. That's true. That is true. Um, all right. Anything else on Michigan, Michigan State, or uh, college basketball games in general this week before we move to NBA preview? Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is that that uh that Michigan Nebraska game they are actually gonna find out a lot about Michigan because I think Nebraska is probably the best team they're gonna play up until this point. Nebraska's like sneaky good. They got some players. Yeah, I think Penn State's better than Nebraska. Uh, no, I road road game though, so that's fair. Very true. You know. But, uh, no, I think that's really – I mean, Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. I want to get that out there. I think we can agree on that. We can agree on that, although Baylor's damn close. Baylor is damn close, and stop sleeping on Baylor. I would love to see Gonzaga-Baylor. I hope they reschedule that game. They need to, for sure. College COVID, needs it. COVID, stop taking our best games, and everybody mask up. Stay safe out there. Yes, sir. Uh, and on that note, Car, should we, should we hear a word from our sponsor? I think it's about that time. I think it's about that time. Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is brought to you by Drake's song, Too Much, from Nothing Was the Same. The moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it. I'm the only one that's putting shots up, and like a potluck, you need to come with it. Carter, you love Drake, don't you? Man, Nothing Was the Same, Head in the Clouds, Best Album of All Time. I said it of all time. What a beautiful song. Mm, gotta love it, G. Too Much by Drake from Nothing Was the Same. Back to the show. Um, all right, it's NBA opening week. We've got games this Wednesday, Carter. We've got NBA games live on our screens this mm. Wednesday. I can't Killian Hayes it. is going to start at point guard for our team. Wee oui, wee. Oui. We've got to be excited about this. We are. Uh, the King going for his fifth ring. He just got his fourth. There's so many storylines. Giannis is back off an MVP season. Is he going to add to his game? Is he going to suck in the playoffs? Luka Doncic almost averaged a triple-double. Like, is he going to up his game from that? What, like, what is happening? There's so many storylines. Um, I think we're going to go team by team quickly and basically say whether we think they're overrated, underrated, based on the Vegas win projections for each team. But before we do that, Cart, where's your head at going into NBA season? What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to seeing? 
I think the thing I'm most looking forward to seeing is players coming back from those significant injuries. So you have John Wall coming back from the Achilles. He looked pretty solid in the preseason. Going to see how that Houston team actually ends up shaking up, whether James Harden's on that team or not. I'd be very surprised. And then, of course, you got KD coming back, and he's been looking really solid in, you know, uh, in preseason as well. So, I mean, I think the NBA is at its highest level when their best players are playing. So, you have – oh, and then how could I forget? You got Steph back too. So, like, it's like every – you just got all these players coming back. You know, when you have the best players playing, that's when the NBA is at its best. So, I'm really excited. We have Kyrie sprinkling sage in the Boston Garden. All right, yeah, don't hate on that. Phil Jackson did it, and everybody loved that shit, but Kyrie does it, and y'all just love to jump on my mans. I mean, Kyrie also wants eight post-ups, so. Listen, man, I sage my room sometimes before I play Call of Duty Warzone. Sometimes you need that shit, Do you demand eight post-ups in your men's league games? Yeah, I do, actually. Okay. Uh, Do you get them? No. (laughs) Exactly. Kyrie not going to get them either. Um, All right, let's go go team by team. You want to start with the East or the West card? Uh, let's start East because the West is the most fun, I think. Let's do the East. We'll go division by division. I have the Las Vegas win totals that you can bet for each team. Uh, we'll say whether we believe the team will go over or under these win totals. Um, keep in mind, 72 games on the schedule this year, not 82. So if they seem a little low, that is why. Uh, let's start with the Atlantic division. To me, a very strong division in the East that I would expect possibly four playoff teams from, which is loaded. Um, I'll start with the favorite from each division based on the totals that Vegas has set. And the favorite in this division is the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie back. As you mentioned, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, team is loaded on paper. DeAndre Jordan as well, didn't mention him. Uh, 46 is the win total for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to go over on that. Uh, I think I think this this Nets team they have enough. Um, you know, it's it's really looked over that they have pieces like Karis Levert, who I'm I'm kind of ashamed that you didn't mention your man's. I mentioned. I said Levert. Oh, you did. Oh, my fault. Yeah, okay, his third fault. name. I said third name. Okay, I, I must have. You know, I got that amazing blue filter on my ear. Right. But I mean, this team is really good. Um, and if KD is playing at a high level, I mean, he's a top three NBA player. He might not be, you know, completely 100% going into this year, but you have someone like KD, you have Kyrie, Karras. Uh, they need to kind of take DeAndre Jordan out back and do him like Lassie, I think, you know, or old Yeller and just play my man Jared Allen more. But, I mean, this team's got enough. Uh, as they don't beat themselves and self-implode, um, Steve Nash keeps it right. I think they go over on 47. I'm going under new coach Steve Nash. I don't think Steve Nash is even a coach. I'll, Steve Nash, Steve Nash shows ankles when he coaches, man. Look, I love Steve Nash. I love his fits. I love everything about him, but I don't believe he is going to be a successful coach in the NBA for more than one to two seasons. Um, I think he's a better podcast guest than he is uh, a basketball mind at this point. And that's not saying anything about his basketball IQ. He's just a really good podcast guest, but I have questions about this Nets team. I don't know that KD and Kyrie are actually going to play every game in the regular season. Um, I I was going to ask you, do you think this team is a better regular season team or a better playoff team if they're healthy in the playoffs? I think playoff team because you got to be cautious with guys like Kyrie and KD. So I can see them sitting a lot of games. So I see where you're coming from. And actually, disclaimer, that could be a real big factor for this whole NBA season. But we'll kind of talk about that with other teams. There could be a lot of guys sitting out, especially guys that just basically got out the bubble. A lot of rest and hopefully, a lot of rest. hopefully not a lot of COVID absences, but mm-hmm. you never know. Um, 
So yeah, I would take the under on the 46. I don't think the Nets win this division is my hot take. Do you think they are the favorite? Yeah, I think they're the favorite in this division. Okay. Let's go to the team that I think will win this division, and you're going to be surprised with why. Uh, The Boston Celtics, who are one game lower, according to Vegas, 45 is their win total. I'll start. I am taking the over. I think they win this division. I think the loss of Gordon Hayward is sort of a, a Bill Simmons Ewing theory opportunity for this team. If it just means more Jason Tatum and more Jalen Brown, I think that's a great thing. I think Brown is the guy who actually takes the next step as a superstar with the more uh, opportunities offensively uh, from Hayward. You don't, uh, don't want to no, say Jason Tatum's no, going to take here's that why. step. Tatum, Jason Tatum is a sleeper NBA MVP pick for me this oh, season. Yeah. I think Jason Tatum is at worst a second team all NBA player this season. I would not be surprised to see him sneak into the first team. I think you could see 30 points a game from Jason Tatum this year. Um, and I, I just think the Celtics have the infrastructure from what they've built the past couple of years. And all of a sudden eliminating a guy like Gordon Hayward is going to let these young dudes shine. Yeah, I definitely think so. And they, there was times last year where they were kind of force fed Gordon Hayward into the lineup to kind of in hopes that he would kind of recapture his old form. And it just really didn't happen. And I think it caused issues like we saw last year. But uh, I'm taking the over just so, you know, to answer that question. And also the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to this year the most, and I think we talked about it a little bit, is, you know, playoff Tatum. Like those shots down the stretch and he takes some tough ones and he wants the shots, which you got to love out of a young player. But it comes to a point where you got to make those shots um, and you got to make it happen and you got to win games. Um, and he has the ability to do that. Um, it's just a crazy talent at his still very young age. Um, I definitely like the sleeper MVP pick for Tatum. Uh, I like this team. The one thing to watch, I know Kemba is probably going to miss a good part of the start of the year and yep. that will hurt. Um, but it's back I think in January, I believe. Is that what it is? Yeah. So that's something to watch. And I think it's a knee thing. Too. Is it a knee? Mm hmm. Yeah, I so, actually, I don't know why I said, mm-hmm. I do not know. All right. You know what? I'm saying it's a neat thing. And these <laughs> things are something you don't want that those, you know, those type of things worry me, but um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm really excited to see Tatum take it to even another level this year. I think he has in his bag. It's the reverse of what I said with the Nets. I think the Celtics are a better regular season team than they are a playoff team. My concerns about Tatum as a closer in the playoffs do not change. Certainly he could grow into a better role. Um, I think he'll get more comfortable understanding he's a superstar guy and he's just going to get better. He's going to improve like all young guys do. But until I see him close games successfully in the playoffs, I am going to stick by the fact that I don't think they're necessarily going to be a team that uh, makes the NBA finals. But I think they're a great regular season team. and I think they go on a crazy run when they get Kemba back in January. Man, this this division is tough as hell. Tough as hell. Let's go to the third team. Uh, the same number of wins as the Celtics projected. 45 for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on that. I think that, you know, they get a full year of hopefully both of their star players, um, you know, taking that, you know, that next step. Um, I, I just, I, I really need people to stop disrespecting Ben Simmons. Um, and not respecting him for the generational talent that he is, too. Both, both offensively and defensively, which people really fail to mention sometimes, and is still a very young player himself. Um, I'm really going to err on the side of optimism that Joel Embiid stays locked in for a full year. Um, and also, they had a really good offseason. I think they add Tyrese Maxey in the draft. They get Seth Curry to add shooting, which is exactly what this team needs. Um, so I really like the formation of this team as well. So, uh, I'm going to go over and, 
I think the Sixers would be my sleeper pick to win this division. So Maxi looks great. He is, mm-hmm. I think, the biggest wild card in this division. You obviously have to take free. You have to take preseason games with a grain of salt, but he is scoring just like we thought he would, getting to his spots, creating off the dribble, floaters, step back shots. Um, I actually think the biggest change for the Sixers that will help them is just the fact that Daryl Morey is in that organization now. Mm-hmm. I believe in Morey to build teams that are playoff contenders. Um, and to your point, people got to stop disrespecting Simmons. Simmons and Embiid can be the core of a title team. I don't think the rosters built around them have been correct at all to this mm-hmm. point in their careers. And I think they're taking the right moves toward that with everything they did this offseason. I do still think they need a third big piece, though. I don't think Seth Curry's that piece. Maybe Maxi becomes that. Um, I mean, Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris or no? I mean, I love Tobias. He's solid. But I, I think they need a third piece as like a guard creator, not a wing. Yeah, I agree. To take maybe take some, take some pressure off Ben Simmons and the ball handling duties. Look, Simmons is generational, like you said. I think Simmons can be the best player on a title team. I think, Mm -hmm. honestly, someday he'll get his own team without Joel Embiid, and that might happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't think that with the way it's constructed with Embiid, Harris, and Simmons, they're going to be a title team until they have literally a guard creator that can be a crunch time guy. Um, Because right now you got to throw it to Embiid, right? That's that's the play. And also, we can't forget that they brought that fraud over from the West Coast to coach their team. We ain't forget. 3-1 lead. I'm going under for the Sixers just because of how strong the division is. I, I think they will probably win at least one playoff round, mm-hmm. and then it'll depend on matchups from there. Uh, fourth in this division. It's crazy this team is fourth. The Toronto Raptors, 41 and a half is their over-under. I am going to buy low on the Raptors. I think they exceed the 41 and a half number. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go push. I think they win 41 games. Is okay. that is that a cop out? Well, you can't push 41 and a half. That's oh, is it 41 and a half? 41, 41 and a half. This is why you don't listen to Carter Betts. <laughs> no, I just didn't hear you. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna sell on. I'm gonna sell. Okay. I'm gonna go. So, under. I, is this could be the year Kyle Lowry hits a wall? Maybe. That, Who knows? I, maybe. I, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Maybe Siakam has another level though. Is my thought. I mean, he he was one of the most improved players in the NBA last season. I still think there might be another half jump that he can make. Um, but I don't know. I just think they're a winning infrastructure. Yeah, I they're a winning infrastructure, but um I think I think that Siakam's at his ceiling. I think we've seen what the finished product of Siakam is in my eyes. Um and if that is the finished product, we've seen like some points that last year, I mean Everyone and their mama knew when he got in the lane, he was going to spin. Like, he's just spinning all the time. He's like a goddamn Beyblade, just spinning left and right all the time. And plays extremely hard. And, you know, most improved player, that's great. All-star. He's an all-star level player. But I don't really see that next step for Siakam. I think he might have, you know, hit his ceiling. And this might backfire. I mean, it probably will because oh everything does. No, I'm, I'm just saying my, my take on Siakam. But, you know, I think this is Siakam's – you know, this is him. He's going to stay right at this level where he's at right now at an all-star Which, I mean, level. that wouldn't be a bad thing. No, right? that's what I'm saying. It's not a bad thing, but I don't think there's another level. Like like we talked with Tatum, there's another level. 
Sure. I don't think there's that level with Siakam. That's fair. I think there might be. I don't think it's as big of a leap as what Tatum can and will make. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there's another level to Siakam as a go-to scorer. Fred Van Vliet is another guy that I think you can express some serious growth, expect some serious growth from. Yeah, um, got, his, it, got, his, got his bag. Got his bag. Entire new front court. No Serge Ibaka, no Marcus Saul. Um, they do have Aaron Baines who I actually think will probably be pretty solid in that mm-hmm. role. He can step out and hit threes. He's a tough guy that'll bang in the post. Mm-hmm. So I, I just trust this Raptors team. I think they're going to be as good as they've been. And I think I'd be surprised if they finished fourth in this division. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished last in the division. I think that out of this division, they are the weakest team, even though that does sound crazy calling the Raptors the weakest team in the division. But um, I can see a lot. I mean, like you said, I can see Lowry maybe hitting that veteran wall and not being what he really, you know, used to be. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on this team. I'm gonna take that under on that 41 and a half. Okay, that's fair. Last team in this division, the New York Knicks, 22 and a half is the over under. I am going over just because I don't think the Knicks are competent enough to tank successfully. Uh, I think they're the worst roster in the NBA right now. But I think somehow this team wins enough games to get like the seventh pick. Nah, uh, I don't care how much you know dysfunction. This team sucks. They they're stink. bad. They're, they stink, fam. You know who might not stink, though? Emmanuel quickly, Kentucky guards. Yeah, but we're not going to find out. They're not going to play him. They're playing him in the preseason. He might start at point guard cart. No, nah, they're going to. No, that's what you think. But then they're going to put Frank Nilakina out there. And then quickly is going to try to get a touch. And Julius Randle is going to play baseline to baseline for 35 <laughs> minutes. Listen, if they put Nilakina in, can they at least put my guy Iggy in? Please. I promise you he'll get you 10 a night in the NBA. Ain't no, one trying, ain't no one trying to play handsome Squidward. Just give him 20 minutes. That's all I want. Um, all right, let's move to the Central Division. Favorite in the Central, uh, the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks. Their over-under is at 49 and a half right now. Whew. What do you think? 49. And- that has mm. them at 22 losses. 49 and a half versus 22 and a half. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the over because, I mean, they got pretty much the same team, but they're adding a guy like Drew Holiday to the mix. So, and, you know, if anyone, if anyone who listens to NBA podcasts about other NBA teams, NBA players, everyone always mentions the most underrated player is Drew Holiday and what he brings to the team, both offensively and defensively. Maybe the best on-ball defender, way better than that loudmouth dude who plays for the Clippers, that Tim Warren barking bum Patrick Beverly. I'll tell you that right now. So, I, I mean, I like this team. Giannis is going to be Giannis. Don't disrespect Giannis either. Giannis is Giannis. I'll Giannis disrespect is Giannis. Giannis is wow. Giannis, and he's a leader nah. in the playoffs. Nah. We are not going to disrespect Giannis. He can – the way he plays basketball can not win an NBA title. Okay, James Harden. What do you – What do you? Giannis just runs James and Harden – the way James Harden plays basketball can't no. win an NBA title. No, 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 no. What I'm have heard James, James Harden. Harden said about Giannis. He's like, all he does is run and dunk. Oh. Anybody can do that. Look, I, I'm not saying that. What Giannis is is a physical specimen that the league has never seen. He's going to be an all-time great, possibly a top 20 player of all time when it all, is all said and done. He's not a guy that you can win an NBA title with. He's just not until he has, adds has to Has Giannis team. not shown through his career that he improves year to year? He has, but he's going to have to totally change the way he plays offense as a go-to player. Uh, and you know what? If I'm betting, I bet that he does that. 
See, I, I think all he's added to is not, this is a bad way to say it, not all he's added to his game, but the type of production that we've seen improvement with Giannis for is just like increasing production to crazy levels, like his rebounding ability, his scoring ability of getting to the rim. Like, yes, it's just been elevating and elevating through the roof, but mm -hmm. it's not like he's added an off the dribble package. It's not like he's added a shot making package from the perimeter like we know he's an all-time great defender. We know he's an all-time great finisher. He's like comparable to Shaq in his dominance. Mm -hmm. But I I just don't believe from what I've seen in the play. Like, I mean, they struggled in round one in the playoffs this year. And it was because like it's very easy to just wall up on Giannis and make other guys beat you. And maybe the addition of Drew helps, but I it, don't know. I mean, it, it does because he's kicking out the Drew Holiday and not Pat Connaughton. And Dante and I mean, Dante it's not Di Bledsoe, right? And Dante Devin. Oh my God, they got rid of Eric Bledsoe. We forgot to say that. <laughs> hey, hammer the over. We'll take the over. I'm taking the over more because I think this division stinks, and I I do think the Bucks could be an all time great regular season team, like maybe a 60 and 12 type season if Giannis stays healthy. Don't mean a thing without a ring, though. Don't mean a thing without a ring. Second in this division is the Indiana Pacers over under 39 and a half. I like to jump on the teams quickly that I am excited about. I'm excited about the Pacers. I'm going to take over. I think they get to 40 wins. Uh, the main reason why is that I, I think one Victor Oladipo is back healthy, but the bigger reason why to me is Demontis Sabonis has a jump in him. I think we see him become an all-star player this year. I think he could be a six, seven assists game guy from the post. Um, and I think they finally understand who to build their team around now, which is Sabonis and a healthy Victor Oladipo. See, now I would have took the over if one Victor Oladipo wanted to be there because I don't think he does. He's got a foot out the door. He's already well. He's there. Miles. He's there, and he's nutmegging Ben Simmons. In the <laughs> but he don't want to be there. He's uh, there. And I think that in order to make the jump that you're saying, they do need to center their team around Oladipo and Sabonis, which I think includes moving Miles Turner for somebody. And I don't think they did that. I think and they I think might that do that. I think okay, they but, might do that. But at, up until this point, they have not done that. Sure. So I'm going to take the under on that. Okay. I, I understand, but I, I think we're on the same page of what this team could do to be successful. I just think they might do it this season to get yeah, there. Have the ability. Third team. I'm actually very surprised this team is favored third in the division. The Chicago Bulls uh, are at 30 wins, and I think the Bulls are terrible. Billy Donovan is their coach. That's great. I love Billy Donovan. Sounds like he wants to play through Kobe White a little more and give him a little more power as a second-year point guard. 30 seems pretty high to me for the Chicago Bulls, so I'm going to go under. Yeah, 30 seems that, – that just seems pretty high to me for a team that – was trash last year and basically all they did was add Patrick Williams who I don't think is going to move the needle one way or another he's going to be a good player I think but I don't think it's something that's just going to boost your wins not this year not, not this, this year. year so I mean, yeah is he an upside guy down the line maybe I'm still skeptical um but he the videos I've seen and a little bit of him in preseason he does have tools he has more tools he than does. I thought he did right away for sure Definitely does, but uh, also any team that plays Otto Porter uh, doesn't really have their winning a winning mindset, so hammer the under. Another fun little personal story. My, my good friend Ben Luger, formerly part of Sleepers Media years ago, oh, uh, Chicago resident said that he saw Otto Porter at a CVS a couple weeks ago and sent me a picture from like a side angle and literally said, guess who this is? And I could not tell you that it was Otto Porter off looking at it. I also like the fact that you're shopping at CVS on like a Wednesday night 
to me, not a good sign if you're like supposed to be a centerpiece of an NBA team. What, what is he supposed to be at a Rite Aid or something? I don't know. Just like I don't exp- – you think LeBron goes to a CVS by himself? Does Jason Tatum go to the CVS in Boston? Yeah, well, you can't hit up the CVS and grab a beverage and some and some snacks. Either someone's grabbing that shit for them or like they they like they just got something nicer in their bag. They're like, oh, let me take a little stroll to CVS. Like <laughs> that's just not a good look for Otto Porter. I'm going under for the Bulls at 30. Um fourth, our our pride and joy, the Detroit Pistons, over under 23 and a half. Under. <laughs> under because you want it to be under or under yeah, because yeah. you believe it's the under? Well, yeah, I hope we set the record for fewest wins. <laughs> I, I'm with you and I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be really close, though. I Look, if this team – I'm scared. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm scared this team's going to win games. Look, the problem is that if this team wants to win games and everyone stays healthy – they could maybe get to 30 wins, maybe. Like if Blake's healthy and he's on the team all year, if Killian is what we think he could be in year one, like there's a lot of ifs here, but they put the money into some guys like they want to be decent right now, which doesn't make a ton of sense. I know a lot of people that know more about basketball than me claim that this was one of the worst off seasons in NBA history. Um, I disagree, though. I think they got some vets that are going to help the young guys grow. I like what I saw preseason, and I think in Troy we trust. They need to tank. They will tank under 23 and a half. Under 23. Uh, the thing that scares me the most is I don't think we're going to be able to flip Jeremy Grant for draft, draft picks like I wanted to because uh, Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Grant as a number one option is just Corey Brewer with a growth spurt. Um, yeah, he's he, he would be good like on a Lakers team as like the fourth, fifth guy, maybe six, but I'm saying excelling in his role. But if I got to watch Jeremy Grant refusing screens and shooting one dribble pull-ups, I'm just going to turn my screen off and so, refuse to watch. Counterpoint, though, if we want to suck and if we want to tank, Jeremy Grant's Ooh, the perfect guy. Okay, honestly, run it through Grant. <laughs> Do it. Run He's the perfect guy. Grant. If you watch him preseason, like Jeremy Grant was very clear. Like everyone was shocked he didn't re-sign with Denver for the same amount of money. And he straight up just said, look, I want to take – Bad shots. I want to go be the guy and shoot 25 dude, and times that, a game. Dude, that is fine. Throw Killian out there for there 30 minutes. Go. Throw Sekou out there for 30 minutes and just gun away. There you go. And he's doing it. In the preseason, he's taking fall away KDs that are hitting the side of the backboard. So I'm I'm all in on Jeremy Grant. Go average 17 a game on 35% shooting this year. Do it. Let's win hey, 15 hey, games. One last thing I think we're obligated to do, Greg. We got to cheers. We don't got to watch another year of Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond playing. Hell basketball. no. Cheers Hell, to that. Man. Cheers, cheers to that, that, man. And free my guy, Sekou, please. Hey, for, come on, man. Play my guy. Last thing I'm going to say, Josh Jackson looks like he actually has a little bit of 3 and D potential. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. He's got to stay out of trouble. That boy be fooling. And he's back home. That's not a great thing. But hopefully he's just surround surround yourself with good people. You know what to do. The Elliott living room is always open. New home or Elliott living room? Our guest room. Just stay away from the annex. Last in the Central Division, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 22 and a half. Uh, I I would say that the Cavs might be my biggest threat to the Pistons from a tanking perspective. They have the lowest projected win total in the entire NBA at only one game less than the Pistons. Um, formerly the John Beeline coach, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm I'm going to take the under. I think the Cavs are in full tank mode, and they're prepared yeah. to do those so. Th- those thugs are going to be losing. Andre Drummond. Yeah. Is TikTok, TikTok star, vlog star, uh, content creator, um, content curator, ass rapper, 
Um, yeah, he's just gonna he's gonna put up 2020 on empty ass stats, shoot some step back threes. Kevin Love doesn't even want to be there. This team just keeps drafting point guards till one sticks. I do like Darius Garland. I do like Colin Sexton. Uh, but this team's gonna be bad. Isaac Okoro. Okoro was a good pick though. Colin Sexton used to be like one of your leading let the young bulls rock guy. He was a young mm-hmm. bull. Is he does he still qualify as a young bull or is he out of that phase of his career? Uh he's still a young bull, but now they like just keep surrounding with other young bulls who need to rock, and then it's just a bunch of bulls trying to rock. And then that that's <laughs> that that's anti-young bull rock movement. Like are, does that mean the Cavs are the young bull rock movement though? If they got a bunch of young bulls, we want to let them rock. But then they added Andre Drummond, and that cancels everything. Oh, yeah, you're right. So yeah. if they trade Love and Drummond's out for the year with, like, a TikTok-related injury, <laughs> are they Young Bull Rock movement? I think. Yeah, right? like yeah, like if they let fans in, I'm going to make a quick trip to Quicken and go watch a game. Okay. Uh, love Isaac Okoro. I know you said it, but he's yeah. the one rookie that's impressed me the most from preseason play. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, let's move to the Southeast Division, starting with the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. They're over-unders, 44-and-a-half wins. Um, I'm going to take the over. I think the Heat are hot, no pun intended, and I think they are out to assert themselves again in the Eastern Conference. The ones that hate me the most look like me. You tell me what that means. (laughs) I'm taking over. I do have a projection on the Heat, though. I think Tyler Hero has massive sophomore slump season. Damn right you want to be in this team. (laughs) Oh, man. That shit goes. It goes, but, like, uh, I I have questions about Tyler Hero right now. Not because of that song. Not because of his relationship with Jack Harlow. That's dope. I love it. <laughs> I, I have questions about Tyler Hero right now. No, nah, this uh, – I'm taking over, though. This Heat team's good, man. Like, it uh, – you know, they're good. And when we're talking about players who can take another step, another, Bam Adebayo is a player who could take that step again. What's the next step look like for Bam? Better scorer? I think it's yeah, maybe it's as a score, maybe more ball handling. Maybe Freeze? take a look. I to be honest, I can't even think about to a point where Bam was shooting threes. Was was he even attempting them or even trying? I don't remember seeing many. I don't even I don't even I don't think, think he was. I don't even think uh it's more threes. I think it's just more playmaking and letting him kind of just make plays and get the ball more, maybe take some ball handling duties off, maybe so much Jimmy and so much Drogic, uh handling the ball. Uh, but that's the thing that just fares well for the Heat. They have so many guys who can do so many things and a team that's perfectly fit for each other. And then you got Duncan Robinson too. So, I mean, it's, just, it's a it's a beautiful team. Shout out Saul, you know. Got to shout out Saul. <laughs> shout out Saul. Uh, yeah, I love the Heat. I think they're they're going to be the real deal, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the finals again. Second in the Southeast, the Atlanta Hawks at 37 and a half, Cart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over. The over? Why is everyone so high on this team? Are we Trey uh, Young believers? I'm Trey Young believers, but, I mean, they add pieces like Bogdanovich. Um, they add Gallo. Um, they got John Collins signed to a long-term deal. Cam Reddish, I think, takes a step this year. And yeah, Okongwu in the draft. Big yep, Okongwu in the draft. He's healthy. That was a great pick for them. At, like I think they get, did, they, did they get him at six, Okongwu, or where they where they get him at? I think it was six, yeah. I think that's great value for them. Great pick, great fit for their team. Um, Capella's been looking good and just doing what he does back to just, you know, rim running, rebounding, playing defense. I think they're surrounding Trey with enough pieces as defenders and shooters. Um, so I'm definitely sipping the Hawks Kool-Aid. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go over. I think this team's gonna be good. 
I think this Hawks team is a year away. I love Trey Young. I I think he's a future MVP of this league. Yes, I said it. I don't think 37 wins is a possibility for this team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the 20s. Ooh. Oh, so you think oh, – okay, so you think they – I think that this line to me is one of the most way off lines. I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't think they're a playoff team in the East. I think they will be one day, but – I don't think like you add. You don't think they can get to the playoffs in the East? I don't think you add Daniil Gallinari and become a twenty-win better team than you were. What about Bogdanovich? He's fine. I mean, is Bogdanovich that much better than what they were getting from Kevin Herter? I think yeah. I think no. I mean, I I'm a believer in Kevin Herter, but I'm a believer in Kevin Herter too. But he's a ginger. I think their their front court's a little too clogged as well. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Big O end up being the best player in this front court in a couple years. I don't think a Clint Capella, John Collins front court is like a, a massive Eastern Conference playoff team. For oh, I like John Collins. I like John Collins. I like John Collins better when he's not playing next to Clint Capella. Very true. But uh, yeah, but John Collins don't. He's a he's part of don't want team don't want to be a five. He thinks he's Anthony Davis. The Hawks feel like they have too many parts. They need to figure out which parts actually matter. I think they will do that next season. I don't think they will do it this season. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they fast forward a year and get it done this year and take that step. Okay, I respect it. Love Trey, rooting for him. Oh yeah. Uh, third, the Washington Wizards at 33 wins. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ru- is that because of Russ? Is that why they're in the 30s? I mean, Russ and Beal in the East, I don't know, but they don't really have anything else outside of that, man. I'm going to do something very rare for me. Russ Russ is a good addition for them. I'm sorry. I hate – it pains me to say that. Russ, Russ Hold is – Hold on a second. Wait, is my audio working correctly? What look, when I say that, I, I mean this. Russell Westbrook at point guard is better – than Ish Smith at point guard, which Obviously. they had last season. So that's an upgrade. Uh, like you said, Brad Beal is an Eastern Conference all-star. Thomas Bryant, I think, has another step in him. Bertans looked good last year. Yeah, so, I like I like Rui. I like Rui, and honestly, Denny looks really good in the preseason. Denny has looked solid. Denny has looked solid. I mean, I'll, I'll, oh, I'm man. taking the over. I'm taking the over. I don't feel good about it, but I'm taking the over. I'm taking the under. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's just let's just move. I didn't like that. That that felt weird. Orlando Magic thirty one and a half. Under. Under. I. What is there to like about this team? I hate the Magic. I hate. I hate the Magic. Are I honestly like? I feel a little bad for Magic fans right now. Like, are they supposed to be hype about Cole Anthony as their big addition? I mean, they basically just added a non-injured Markel Fultz. He did hit a game winner. In the preseason, Bill Floater. I mean, you guys are going to spend another year trying to trade Aaron Gordon and not trade him and then lose games. Listen, Cole Anthony signed up for a full career of being a bench player, backup point guard at best, when he selected jersey number 50. That is just an awful look for a rookie his, point guard. His dad wore this number. I do not care. You want to be your dad? Is your dad an NBA Hall of Famer? So no. He won championships. Uh, then if Cole Anthony gets traded to the Los Angeles Lakers midseason, he might win one too, but he won't be anything more than Quinn Cook. And if you want to go home, writing home about being Quinn Cook, congrats. Oh, wow. Take <laughs> yeah. the under. Take the under. Okay. Wow. 
Charlotte Hornets and uh, all hype everything. LaMelo Ball, possibly rookie of the year favorite. The over-under is 26 wins for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going under. I'm going under this. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. uh, They're taking the right steps. LaMelo was a good pick. Um, Was it? It was. Yes, it was. I think LaMelo was. At, At three, it was. The yes. fact that he was there at three is good value. LaMelo could end up being the best player in his draft, and you shouldn't be surprised. He won't be the best player in this he draft. He could be. He has the potential to be. And Lonzo Ball had the potential to be Magic Johnson, and he wasn't. Who's, who the fuck said that? Me and a lot of people. <laughs> you had it right at you. I don't know about a lot of people. but LaMelo threw that <laughs> one little full-court outlet, and people are tripping over it like, yeah that is, that is true what they were doing last year like uh somewhat with zion where everything he does is just like blowing yeah but like, bro zion scored 22 a game as a rookie zion yeah. is an all-time efficient producer no no no, no 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 that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying the the same production i'm saying that but the hype is deserved is the point what has Lamelo done to get hype about like one upcourt lead pass Every point guard should be able to make a good upcourt like outlet. Okay, first of all, not every court, not every point guard can make that pass. Not every nineteen-year-old point guard can make that pass. Not every nineteen-year-old point guard at that size who's literally two out of three ball brothers can make that pass. This is this is where I this is I'm not going to get caught on this for too long. But the disrespect for Lamelo Ball, everyone has been hating this kid for his whole life, and he does nothing but hoop and make plays. I'm I am here to disrespect Lamella Ball. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people like him. A lot of people that I trust basketball evaluations love Lamella Ball. I get it. I, I get the overseas stuff. Uh, I get the basketball vision stuff. But I I don't see anything differentiating this guy from being a slightly taller Lonzo. And a slightly taller Lonzo to me is a guy that never makes an NBA All Star team. He's a way better. He's going to end up being a way better shooter than Lonzo. Why? You know what he's shooting from the floor in the preseason right now? Isn't this the guy who just said take the take when it's when it's good, take it with a grain of salt. When well, it's bad, don't take when it you with when a salt. guy goes one game for 30 points and then the next game has seven, aka Kobe White, yeah, take that with a grain of salt when you're talking about most improved player. But when a guy an entire preseason is shooting 20% from the floor. And people are hyping this guy okay, like he's the okay. automatic rookie of the things year. Things like that you can improve on. There's other things that he's doing. So basically, he's good passing. He's a good rebounder. All you got to do is work on the scoring. That's something that can be developed. And Lamelo is, is not going to magically flip a switch and become a 50% from the field guy. Who in the NBA is a 50% from the field guy? All the good guards. Who? I mean, the best guards in the league are all close. They're close. They ain't shooting 50%. I mean, what's is there a model of any player in the NBA that is like a best-case scenario for LaMelo? Or is he just so unique that... I think his worst case is Lonzo. <laughs> I, see, I just think his best case is Lonzo. See, no, I think his worst case is Lonzo. <laughs> All right, let's okay, move on. Well, we'll have to see. Under. I'm Under for me. I, I'm also taking the under. I don't get their roster at all. I like a lot of the parts. Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham. I, I really like P.J. Washington. I don't get it. I don't get the roster. Uh, so that's that's it for the East. I guess before we move to the West, quick picks. Who who wins the East? We'll come back to this like at the end of the pod with some award winners. But mm-hmm. who wins the East? All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm picking the Sixers. Wow, I'm picking the Sixers to win the East. I love Ben Simmons. I love Joel Embiid. I like the roster setup this year. Do have some shooters. I think. Um, I. 
I think this is the year for them. I think wow. they, I think they get over the hump. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love that. I think I, the Sixers are who I want to win the East. I'm going to shock you and myself. I literally said earlier on this podcast that, uh, I don't think, I don't think come playoffs, this guy can get it done, but take the Boston Celtics as my preseason East winner. Go ahead. I'm going to get my Snapchat up so I can record that. Go ahead and record it. I, I like the talent on this roster. I think Jason Tatum has the biggest opportunity of any superstar in the league right now with the lack of Gordon Hayward. I think Kemba Walker might be the guy to take the crunch time shots. I don't think that's a bad thing. Give me the Celtics to win the East. Beautiful. I need that. Uh, and should we go to another word from our sponsors, Card? I think we should. We'd be remiss if we didn't. Today's episode of the Sleepers Podcast is brought to you by What's in Our Cup. Carter, what is in your cup? I don't have a cup, but what I'm sipping on for this podcast is the official Hard Seltzer Big Cat White Claw, preferably lime, preferably the new variety pack, is my seltzer and drink of choice. Don't drink Trulies. Greg, what's in your cup, my friend? Thank you for asking, Carter. What's in my cup is <laughs> what's about... Uh, maybe a couple inches left of Tennessee honey Jack Daniels whiskey mixed with Coca-Cola. Get a little little golf clap because you a bad bitch with a little mason jar. Cheers, Cart. Cheers, my friend. The Sleepers Podcast brought to you by What's in Our Cup. Drink responsibly. If you want to. All right, thank you so much to What's in Our Cup and Nothing Was the Same by Drake. We appreciate the sponsorships. Let's move to the Western Conference. Let's start in the Northwest Division with the favorites, the Denver Nuggets. My favorite team from the playoff run last season. I love the Nuggets. They are my favorite non-Pistons team in the league. 45 is their win total over undercard. I'm going to go with a little bubble lull for the Nuggets. I'm going to take the under. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm, over. I'm going over. All right. I mean, I love I love this Nuggets team just as much as you, but um, I'm going to go ahead and take. I'm going to take the under though. They they were playing really well in that bubble. I mean, it might have been. Is it a little case of bubble form for them and hitting the hitting, no. you know? No. You don't think you think that's who they are? No, I think it's a fair question. Although I think of all title contenders, is it crazy to call them a title contender? Like if LeBron James doesn't exist. They're a title contender, right? So, I, I mean, he yes, he exists, but God forbid if LeBron something happened Jesus in a, Christ, in a COVID year. <laughs> I'm sorry to I'm, go there. I'm, I'm just, just saying, if, if, LeBron, if LeBron were not playing come playoffs, the okay. Denver Nuggets are a title contender to me. I think of all the contenders, they have the most obvious paths to improvement right away. I think Jamal Murray has another step immediately. He was like 18 a game last year. He's a guy that could be like 28 a game to me, in my opinion. Um, I think Jokic and him have learned how to play together. I think Michael Porter Jr. has a huge next step. I know you love that, but I I just trust this team. They're going to miss Jeremy Grant, but I don't think they're going to miss him that much. No, I don't think so either. I think uh, that just means a bigger role for people, you know, guys like Michael Porter Jr. So uh, I do like this team, but I think there's going to be a little bit of a bubble hangover for them. That's fair. I'll take the over. Uh, let's move to the team number two in this division, the Utah Jazz, who are at 42 and a half. That would mean a 42 and 30 record um, over under on the Jazz. 
as much as I want to take the under, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over because they're still a really good team. Um, With the hundred, is it hundred twenty million dollar man, Rudy Gobert? Yeah, that that over that overpaid baguette they got. My light skin, light skin, Frederick Wise. They got in the middle. The French loaf. Yeah, but uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell still a superstar level player. Uh, Jordan Clarkson showed some things off the bench. Royce O'Neal, guys like that. Um, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, their point guard was a lefty. Um, he's okay. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the over on the Jazz team. Still a good team. So I, I don't think the Jazz get into that tier of title contenders that I just put the Nuggets in until they upgrade their roster, as crazy as that sounds. And re-signing Rudy Gobert to a four-year deal or whatever it was is not the way to do it. Put a wrench in. I mean, I think it's a tough spot for them. I think they had to keep Gobert, but I, I don't know what that does to their ability to add like a big third piece. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I'm not a fan, but... I do think Donovan Mitchell has another step at some point. I think, you know, the path for them to be a title team is for him to turn into prime Dwayne Wade. I think, honestly, that's a possibility. Don't I, throw stuff at me. I definitely, but, he definitely has that ability. He showed that in the bubble. But I don't think it happens this year, so I'll take under 42.5. Also, I think Joe Ingles and Mike Conley take major steps back this year. I'm not even you set that one up for me. Let's just move on. I did. I teed it up. All all right. Third in this division, the Portland Trailblazers. They're projected third in the division behind the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets. 41 and a half. I'm gonna go over. I like that. I like the I like the Trailblazers team. I can't believe they're projected third in this division, man. They really can't. Now, now that has me thinking, like, I want to take the under the Jazz and the over on the Trailblazers. I want to take it back. So I know, like, I'm I'm a Dame fan. Obviously, everyone probably knows that. But I, I honestly think this line's a little disrespectful to the Blazers team. I think part of the reason they struggled and ended up in the eight seed last year was because Nurkic was out the majority mm-hmm. of the season. I think Nurkic is a huge piece. I think he's one of the best centers in the league. He can finish. He can pass. He's a, a critical part of their offense. I think Gary Trent. Too. I think Gary Trent Jr. is a guy that takes a massive step forward. I wouldn't be surprised to see him log major minutes as a three. They also signed Robert Covington. I think the Blazers had a phenomenal offseason. I mean, I, I love this Blazers team, and if they just stay healthy, I think they might win this division. So I'm taking the over. Uh, you forgot to mention Carmelo, Greg. Do you want to comment on him at all? I love Melo. I absolutely love him. He's at the perfect team for this stage of his career. He's bought into coming off the bench, which is a shocker. Melo is one of my favorite players of all time. I love their roster. Yeah, I do too. And I think one of the kind of overlooked things from last year, and this is going to sound kind of weird coming out, but like they lost a guy like Mo Harkless, who was like a do-it-all, like three-man, like check in like three and D and like an Al Farouk Aminu type player. And I think Robert Covington is the perfect player for this Portland team. So I, I really like them. I really like the moves they made an even healthier Nurkic, um, you know, and, you know, God willing, everyone else stays healthy on this team. I, you know, I can't believe they're picked to finish third. I think they're a, they're a challenger to win this division, honestly. Um, so I'm going to take the over on that one. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that, in my opinion, they should be the favorite if they are healthy in this division. Yeah, I'm a, I'm actually underneath right now, loading up my bookie to place that bet for the over. Yeah, I, I like the Blazers over as much as I like the Hawks under. Those are the two best value bets on the board, in my opinion. Um, let's move to the fourth team in this division, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 28 and a half. 
the first overall pick, Anthony Edwards. They've got the newly signed D'Angelo Russell, who had a couple games with the Wolves before the end of the season. They've got big cat Carl Anthony Towns in the front court. Um, loaded roster on paper, 28 and a half, a little low, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the over. Definitely low, I think, for the talent on this roster. So I'm going to take the over as well. I'm, uh, you know, though they might not be, you know, to the, uh, uh, you know, like a challenging type team, uh, 28's a little disrespectful, I think. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, if you have D'Angelo Russell uh, and Carl Anthony Towns on this team for a full year, uh, those are two high-level players. I'm a big Anthony Edwards fan, as you know. So, you know, I this this team will get over 28 wins to me. Not saying they're going to make any noise, but they'll get over 28 wins. I think if the Wolves are in the East, their wins total is a lot higher. I honestly yeah. think they're they're just in a loaded conference, but I, I still mm-hmm. think they find a way to get there. Um, Anthony Edwards, dicey in the preseason. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read too much into that. Okay. I don't, might don't read I, too I much. might <laughs> don't read too much into the preseason if it doesn't fit your agenda. <laughs> I mean, I, my agenda is that I think Anthony Edwards was the best player in the draft and he'll be great. I feel pretty bad about that take right now. He is still taking really bad shots and oh, not man. doing anything wow. defensively. Losing your takes after the first week. We're not losing our takes. We're just not feeling good about them. We're not feeling good. I got Ant-Man. We good. Okay. Uh, and last in the Northwest Division, this would be a first for this team to finish last in the division. The Oklahoma City Thunder at 23 wins. The Thunder have totally overhauled their roster, but the one guy they do have is your favorite player in the league, if I'm not mistaken, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, my actually don't want to jump too far into it, but my 2021 most improved player, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, I'm taking the over. I think that I think I think that SGA takes a step this year. They still got pieces. I love Darius Blazley. They still got Lou Dort out there. Maybe wait, wait, wait. Can we stop for a second? Why why do you and everyone love Darius Baisley? I think he's a Swiss Army knife type player. What does that mean? He does a little bit of everything. You don't got no you ain't never had a Swiss Army knife? No, I've never had a Swiss Army knife. I understand the function of one. What is what does he go like? What's well, a good I, year I can't for Darius? You're late because you ain't never had a Swiss Army knife. What's a what's a good year for Darius Baisley this year? Like ten and seven. I, I think he get like a like a 12-6-4. People are way too hype on this man, in my opinion. I don't see it. I, I'm sit. I sit the Darius Baisley Kool Aid. I don't. I, I love SGA. I'm actually going to agree with you on the over just because 23 is low. And the Thunder, to me, have so many draft picks that I don't think they're ever going to be a team that says, hey, let's go tank. Yeah, the thing is, like, eventually, Presti, you got to actually draft somebody. Like, he's really trading for seventh graders right now. Yeah, but, I mean, I think there's no uh, asset group that any other organization has that you would take over the Thunders right now going forward. Don't want, don't want to catch Sam Presti at your seventh grade game. He's out there. He's looking. Uh, my last hot take on the Thunder is that Al Horford will actually have a bounce back year and be a really good piece for them. Oh, I forgot he's on there. Under. <laughs> I'm taking the over. I, I think I just picked every team in the division except for the Utah Jazz to go over, which seems probably impossible. That does but, seem impossible, but that's so low. I mean, I know it's the West, but 20, low. that's so low. low. It's really low. Um, 
well, we got to be wrong somewhere. That's probably where we're wrong. Let's move to the Pacific. I think it'll be the first time we're going to be wrong. The Pacific Division, who we have three teams uh, that are playing on opening night from this division. The first, the favorites, the defending NBA champions, the Los Angeles Lakers, at 46 and a half wins over under. I'm taking the under. I'm also taking the under. Surprised you're taking the under. Taking, I think they're gonna they're gonna sleepwalk through the regular season. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of guys sitting. I think. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot of load management going on with this team. They played all the way. Of course, they won the title, so they played the latest out of all the teams. Uh, some of these guys might not even play for a while, so I'm gonna take the the under on that. How not not think, not indicative of the great team they're going to be, but for the regular season, I'll take it under. How much do you think LeBron cares about draw and his seed in the playoffs? Like, is I, I don't think he cares about getting the one seed, but does he care about like I need a top four seed? I think he cares about top four. I don't think he, actually. No, I really don't think he cares. To be honest, I kind of think he doesn't care at all, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame him. Why should he care? Right. It's just if just show up healthy, have the full team and be ready to go come playoffs. I think that's the mentality they take. That's why I'm with you on the under. Also, I know a lot of people are really excited about this team's offseason. Montrez Harrell is, I think, their best addition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think they really did a ton to move the needle from what they had in the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah, they they got Harrell. They got Gasol. Um they got Kuzma's new bag. Uh, Horton Tucker's been looking good in preseason, so a lot of people are hype about him. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I guess. Like, are yeah, we supposed oh, to be yeah, super Dennis excited Schroeder, yeah. about Dennis Schroeder? I'm excited about Dennis Schroeder. That's a good piece, but uh, be on the watch out for Dennis Schroeder because you know there's Chiefs and there's Indians, and it's never good when the Indians want to be Chiefs and the Chiefs play he like Indians. He wants Indian. to be a Chief. He yeah, wants like he wants to be sure. a Chief, but sometimes you can't be a Chief. You know what I'm saying? He, he wants to be chief, that's for sure. But LeBron's been pretty good at uh, controlling his Indians. Can we yeah, say that? That guy, guy's pretty good at basketball. He's pretty good. Um, moving on to the other Los Angeles team, everyone's favorite Los Angeles team last year, the Clippers, a.k.a. <laughs> those frauds. Frauds. 46 is their number, only a half a win less than the Los Angeles Lakers this year, Cart. <laughs> I wanted to be the over real bad so they can just do the same thing in the playoffs. But uh, uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over for them. Yep, I'm going to take the over. So I'm going to take the under, and I think this is where I'm going to hedge that other division going great. I think the top of this division is going to have a worse regular season, and that's where Mm -hmm. some of the wins come from. I think the Clippers will be a threat in the playoffs, not a threat to win the title. but I don't think they got better. Do you think they got better? Uh, I mean, I like the addition of Serge Ibaka, to be honest. I think that's an upgrade. To me, that's an upgrade overall to winning basketball than Montrez Harrell. That's fair. And I think Ibaka, honestly, has sort of needed a larger role. And if that's mm-hmm. what he gets with the Clippers, I could totally see him having a little breakout season. Very true. And, oh, you know, and as much as we love the slander Paul George – because you know we love the we love the slander pandemic p pg 13% uh i mean all the nicknames we have for that man but it's you know he he's still a good he's still you know a good player <laughs> we can't do it right i mean we can't do it 
I just I I was saying that and a little bubble popped in my head of him <laughs> shooting that side of the backboard. <laughs> I I'm gonna go the other way. I don't think Paul George. I was gonna say I don't think Paul George ever recovers from this. <laughs> That's a little absurd. I Paul George is fine. He's an all-star player. What can we he's, say? He's a mental you, you want more than that from us people, really? Like, you're not going to get it. You're not getting it from this podcast. Matisse Tybo with braids. I'm taking the under. Let's move on. The Golden State Warriors. Oh, no. Excuse me. The Warriors are the fourth team in this division. We skipped the Phoenix Suns, who are at 39 wins. The Phoenix Suns, who added Chris Paul. That is their... Only addition? Lost Kelly Oubre, added Chris Paul. Get get Aiden back a whole whole year healthy. I mean, I so how much of this is just that they were the bubble champs? Great run. Undefeated run. Devin Booker looked phenomenal. But I mean, are we supposed to think that's a sustainable thing? True. Uh I think this team makes the playoffs. Um, is I, that pot I think they made the playoffs, but I'm taking under. I don't. I love Devin Booker. I love DeAndre Ayton. I don't love DeAndre Ayton. I like DeAndre Ayton. I hate Chris Paul. Um, you all right? I hate Chris Paul. I mean, what's what are you God. supposed to do? What are you supposed you to do with a thirty-five-year-old, a thirty-five-year-old point guard who's never made the NBA Finals? Yeah, great. He's gonna take this team to the next level. All right, man. It's tough to make it to the NBA Finals when you're playing in the same side as LeBron James. Sure. He probably makes it to the finals if he doesn't play the one of the best dynasties of all time. He I think this is the best dynasty of all time in seven games. That's an accomplishment in itself. I think the Suns should have kept Ricky Rubio. I really do. I truly do. All right, and that sums up our first episode of this podcast. Do you want Do you want the ball in Devin Booker's hands, or do you want it in a thirty five year old point guard's hands? Devin Booker. Is the ball going to be in Devin Booker's hands? Yes. No, it's going to be in Chris Paul's hands. Oh my god! All right. I just wait and see. I, I think it's I think it's ludicrous this team's projected at 39 points or 39 wins. I wish I could take a timestamp of when I can clip this that you just said you'd rather have Ricky Rubio than Chris Paul. For this team, I would. Obviously, Chris Paul's a better point guard, but for a team that needs the ball in Devin Booker's hands at all times, in my opinion, yeah, I'd rather have a point guard who is pure facilitation. Fine. Feel that way. Under 39. That's the pick. Uh, to the fourth team in this division, the Golden State Warriors, 37 wins. That's disrespectful to a healthy Steph Curry. That is. And I, and because of that, I'm taking the over. That is so disrespectful. I'm taking the over. I think, I mean, is Curry going to stay healthy? We don't know. I hope so. Is James Wiseman a guy that moves the needle in year one? Maybe. I, I do. I think so. I mean. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins are pieces, right? Yeah, definitely pieces. I think so. And, you know, they get Draymond. Be- I mean, Draymond, too. So they got pieces. They still got, I mean, Pascal is a bench player, I guess. Kevon Looney. I mean, they, they don't have Pascal anymore, do they? Or do they? No, they do. No, they do. I was I was thinking Omari Spellman. Sorry, he's on oh. the rules now. <laughs> Wrong Villanova guy. Wrong. My bad. Yeah. But, no, that's disrespectful. To I can't wait for Steph to – silence a lot of people this year there's a lot of disrespect going on yeah if there's one thing i'm rooting for in the league right now it's a healthy steph curry return more than yeah, anything i'm sick about the clay achilles thing man that was killer that is brutal. brutal um all right so we're both on the over for the warriors last and least the sacramento kings 28 wins 
I'm going to take the under. I think the Kings are going to go full tank mode despite having De'Aaron Fox, who I love. Mm-hmm. Under as well. That was I like, a very I – like, I, but, but I would say that Kings fans should have a – I think they got a somewhat vision now. I can kind of see their vision a little bit. I want to give you credit for a swift chapstick application. If you're watching the video version of this, that was really smooth. If you're listening to the audio version, I hope you could hear a little a little glisten chapstick going on of Carter Elliott's lips there. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say about the Kings. I think Marvin Bagley could be a guy that takes a jump, but I'm going under. Yeah, under. I don't want to talk about the Kings. <laughs> no, All right, we have one division left. This has been a long podcast, but what do you expect? This is who we are, and we like to talk about hoops, and uh, we're going to do more content. So this is what we do. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Southwest division, the favorite, the Dallas Mavericks at 42 and a half. I am hammering the over here. I'm sorry. What You broke up right there. What did you say? Dallas Mavericks, 42 and a half is the over-under, and I am over. hammering the Over. Over. Luca have another step? Luca might have an MVP step. Ooh. Luca, hey, Luca needs Luca putting off of the chunky dudes too. He got a little baby fat, so I'm, you know, I'm team Luca. Yeah, we we support chunky people in this Dude, uh we're we're, this, we're, this, we're bo- this is this is a body positive podcast. Absolutely. No, no fat shaming. Absolutely. Uh do you like Dallas's offseason? Tyrell Terry's a guy I'm surprised fell to them in the draft. He's a guy that could really slot in well as a shooter around Luca. Mhm. Yeah, I, I think they had a good offseason. I think they did have a good offseason, especially uh, another draft pick that people really don't talk about. I think Josh Green was a great draft pick for them as well. Uh, I think he's a high, you know, a high motor athlete who can play defense, and that's what you need around Luka. You need people around him to kind of pick up for his defensive deficiencies. And I also think Josh Richardson was a great pickup for them as well. I'm going to say uh, there's a different Josh that to me is a huge addition for Dallas. I think Josh Richardson becomes sort of like the the catch and shoot three and D guys they've looked um, for in the past, except Josh's ceiling is a lot higher. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jay Rich end up near 20 points a game if he can stay around 40% shooting and guard the other team's best perimeter guy. Yeah. I mean, that instantly upgrades this Mavericks team. Definitely. And, you know, and you got poor, and I love Porzingis too. So I mean, you know, we really just need Porzingis to stay healthy. He literally always gets hurt after Christmas. So is KP a fake tough guy or a real tough guy? Uh, I think he's a fake tough guy. I think he's a fake tough guy too, which I is the only thing I don't like about this team come playoffs. The NBA is full of fake tough guys. Is there really a tough guy in the NBA? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think P.J. Tucker's tough. That's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, shoe collection's tough. That's about <laughs> it. Um, last thing, are the Mavs a, a title contender this season? Mm, I say no. I, think, I still think they need another piece. I think they are a title contender, and I think they are the biggest threat. I take it back. They are the second biggest threat to the Lakers. The Nuggets are still two. But okay, okay. Keep right. an I'm, eye not mad. I'm not mad at that. I think Luca takes a jump, and that's the biggest thing. Um, all right, next in this division, a team a lot of people are really high on, the Pelicans, 36 and a half. If we get a healthy Zion this season, that might be the biggest question mark of any team in the league to me. Still think that's high. I'm taking under. Feels a little high to me, too. I think the Pelicans have a lot to figure out as far as like what their identity is. They added Steven Adams, who's like a win-now playoff tough guy. 
Um, if you've seen the clips of Zion, like facilitating pick and rolls, they're hilarious because guys are literally setting screens for him under the basket. Yeah. Like opposing centers are 10 feet away from him at all times, which confuses me. Cause I feel like you don't want to let Zion get a step going downhill. So I don't really get the strategy defensively. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think they know what their identity is yet. And they need to figure that out with BI and Lonzo. True. And I think that Zion, though he is a great player, he's a player at this point in his career that you can game plan around. Um, I think there's a certain way to stop Zion um, and good teams and good players. <laughs> Greg just tried to, <laughs> Greg just dropped his pen since he wants to point out things that he did that I'm doing over here. But uh, just so you know, he just dropped his pen trying to be smooth. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh that's that's a little it's it's a little premature for them to say they're going to win that many games. They they still got some work to do. Uh, so I'm going to take the under on that. Zion is the player I'm most excited to watch this season, just to see like can he be the centerpiece of a team? Um, he's passed every test uh, up to this point in his career, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a phenomenal rookie year when healthy. If he can just stay healthy for a full season, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him average like 30 and 10 as the a number eight guy. number 18 ranked player in the NBA according to ESPN. I don't think that's as crazy as people think it is. I, I think it's crazy that DeMar DeRozan's 81. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, all right, let's go to the third team, the Houston Rockets, 34 and a half. This team's got to have the largest gap between what their ceiling and their floor is. this mm-hmm. season, And it all depends on, is James Harden on the team? Is he motivated? Does he want to be there? It seems like the answer is no. But if he is there, will he play his best basketball? Will he try to win? Um I think this ends up with James Harden on Houston for an entire season. I really do. And so with that, I'm going to take the over because I think he's good enough to get them to 35 wins. I, um, and I feel the exact same way. I would copy and paste what you just said. If James Harden's there and playing, they're going. this team is going to win more than 34 games. So I'm taking over on that one. And Jay Walls looked good in preseason. Um, Boogie's Boogie. actually Boogie. Hey, Boogie my resurgence. Favorite, my favorite player, my my incoming French bulldog that I'm buying. His middle name is Demarcus. He's named after Boogie Cousins, and his nickname is gonna be Boogie. Why Why not just go with Boogie for the middle name? Why is it gotta be Demarcus? Well, because he's a French bulldog, and my fiance wanted to name him Pierre, so it's I'm Pierre. Surprised she was okay with Demarcus though. Like, why not Pierre Boogie? Why she she, she loved Demarcus? Like, and, I don't need it. We don't need wife psychology right now. But in this household, we appreciate Demarcus Cousins. Okay, we do. Um, Christian Wood also the winner of the Christian Wood sweepstakes. Rockets have pieces, man. They do. They have a good team. I'm taking over. I'm taking the over. The Memphis Grizzlies. God, the, the West is loaded. Like every team that's projected fourth in their division is a really good team. Uh, Memphis. I really want to pick them to make the playoffs, but I don't know how we get there with how loaded the West is. These West teams are just going to slaughter each other. 31 is the number for Memphis. Ooh. I'm low. taking the over. I'm taking the over, too. That's low. Uh, ja, I'm taking the ja. over, but I think they missed the playoffs. Ja, yeah. I'm taking the over, though. Ja takes another step. Uh, hopefully, Jaron, that's a big piece. Hopefully, he comes back healthy. He's working with some injury things right now, so hopefully he's healthy, but – I think this is a good enough team. They got good enough pieces. Over under 20 coaches decision DNPs for Xavier Tillman. That's not did did we not just get blown out by Northwestern? Is that not enough for you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't kick you while you're down. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I take the over. I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they finish ninth again. And I think you got to get to 40 to win the, make the playoffs in the West. But uh, I agree. Ja has another step. I am going to really enjoy watching the Grizzlies this year. But 31 is just low. I mean, that's a really low number. Yeah. And last, the San Antonio Spurs, 29 and a half is the number. Got to be the lowest over-under for the Spurs in oh, two wow. decades. Oh, dude, that – this pains me to say, but I think I'm going to take the under. Somebody's got to lose in this conference. Yeah. And I think, you know, what the Spurs have done, I give them credit, is when they are down, they've been very down. Mm. And I think the Spurs probably know how good of a draft it is coming up. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple guys get shut down for the Spurs or traded. Mm -hmm. And I think the Spurs will pull off an improbable tank run that results in them getting Cade Cunningham or someone in the top three that everyone is just like shocked about. That's an interesting development. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the under. If they're smart, they'll win under those games. And they are smart. We know that. Pops, look, if Pop's sticking around, he's sticking around for something, right? You can't tell me Pop is just sticking around to coach DeJounte Murray right now. Let's not let's not disrespect DeJounte Murray. I'm I'm gonna disrespect DeJounte Murray. I mean why is Pop here if it's not like a plan for five more years? Yeah, true. That's my theory. I see the big picture. We agreed a lot on the Western Conference. Is that okay? Or is that bad? I think it's a good thing, right? I, I'm fine with it. When we agree, no, you love you love conflict, but it's all right to. Oh, no, come on! When when I agree or when we agree, though, it typically means we're both wrong. It doesn't mean we're both right. That's true. It true but we love the camaraderie we do love camaraderie um all right let's move to quick hitter award predictions let's just run through these let's start with most improved player you already said yours sga Mm -hmm. you want to hit on anything with that or just literally run through these uh i just think this is the year where they're really they're really going to hand him the keys and i think he has the ability um so and if anything who, who won most improved last year wasn't it Brandon Ingram or am I missing that? He was one of like two finalists and I don't remember who the other was. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was, but, um, you know, I don't necessarily think the winning is going to have to add up for them, but I think he's going to do enough and his stats are going to be there. Uh, he's the guy on this team now. Oh, it was and Bam. I think it, it was, wasn't it Bam oh, it was or Bam. Brandon Ingram? Yeah. Okay. So it was Bam. But, um, you know, I think it, he's going to get the keys. He's going to be running that team. He's going to be doing everything. The stats are going to be there. He's my most improved player for this year. Points are going to be there. I don't know if his assists are going to be there because I think everything around him is going to be can hit a couple shots at will. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, my most improved player is John ja Morant. John ja Morant, 17-7 and seven as a rookie. I would not be surprised to see Ja get up to, honestly, like 25, 26 a game and 10 this year. I think a worst-case scenario for Ja is probably like 23-9. and nine. But if he exceeds that and the Grizzlies make a serious potential run to like a fringe playoff team, I think you got to give him a look. No, so, I agree. I'm going yeah. Ja. Uh, rookie of the year. I'm going James Wiseman. Okay. What's, yeah. a, what's a rookie of the year season look like for James Wiseman? So my main, my main thing is I think that James Wiseman is going to get rewarded for doing things and having solid stats on a winning team. And I think the Warriors are going to be a winning team. And that's really going to factor into his rookie of the year. Uh, stats. I think that the play of others around him are going to really elevate him. Uh, he might not have the craziest stats compared to other rookies, but when you factor in the winning and the things that he adds to the winning, I think they're going to end up going with him as the rookie of the year. 
I totally understand the why behind that pick. I want to see some James Wiseman before I buy into that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if there's a threat of all the top rookies to not play many games, James Wiseman is one of them. And I don't know why I feel that way, but I'm just skeptical that he's going to play. Like maybe it's because we didn't see him in college. Maybe it's because we didn't see him in the preseason. Like yeah, I, I want to see the guy in uniform. Um, my rookie of the year may surprise you. I'm going with Isaac Okoro from the Cavaliers. Wow. This is less about my belief in Isaac Okoro and more in my disbelief in the other top guys in this class. I am now skeptical on Anthony Edwards. I've been skeptical on LaMelo Ball. Um, I'm skeptical on Wiseman, like I just said. I think of all the top five guys, Okoro is the one who is totally passing the eye test. I mean, at the minimum, even if he's not like a featured scorer right away, he looks like an instant starting wing in the NBA, just yeah. off like athletic tools and intangibles alone. But his team's gonna be so bad. I think that works in his favor for rookie of the year, though, right? Okay. See, so we're just basically attacking it from two different spectrums. I think they're gonna not reward him for winning. I mean, so let's flip this. Let's say Wiseman actually starts most games for the Warriors, averages what, like twelve and eight, would mm-hmm. probably be a good rookie year. Mm-hmm. On a team, say the Warriors make like the sixth seed and Steph stays healthy Mm -hmm. versus Isaac Okoro becomes the second leading scorer on the Cavs, 15-16 a game, six rebounds, two assists on a bad team. You think it goes Wiseman? I think it goes Wiseman then, yeah. I think it goes Okoro. Okay. And I, I, I think those are the numbers he puts up. Okay. Also sneaky good shooter. I like what I've seen from his shooting form right now. Sneaky good. Sneaky good. That's that's what they usually isn't that what they say about sneaky athleticism with white dudes? Yeah, man, any white oh, guy. I, can, I'm going. Any, am I reverse racisming right now? If any white guy, if a white guy goes up and does a 360 <laughs> or between the legs, oh, he's sneaky athletic. And if a black if a black guy makes a three, he's a sneaky good shooter. Is yeah, that what it's, I just it's, did? It really like oh, the word sneaky is kind of racist. I'm sorry, <laughs> I take that all back. No more, no more sneaky. He's just a good shooter. I like <laughs> I like the shooting that I've seen from Isaac Coro. Um, all right, let's go to MVP prediction. I'm going Anthony Davis. Yep. You're taking the second best player on his own team to win MVP. He's not the second best player on his team, I think, though. He's the best. What? What? At this point, at this point in his career and for the Lakers to be their best, I think oh, Anthony Davis right. has to be the best player. Unless there's just a collective buy-in of we're going to intentionally feature Anthony Davis to get him an MVP, I don't see how that happens. You know what? I just really thought about the fact that they might not play him as much. So if they do the whole load management thing, then Luka would be my pick. Luka is my pick. Um, I mean, you know for a fact the Dallas Mavericks are all in on let's give Luka the highest usage rate in the league. Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand how ridiculous Luca's numbers were last season, dude. At, at 21. He was his second year in the NBA, and he averaged 28, 9, and 9. I mean, that's literally like Russ won an MVP alone for averaging a triple-double, and Luca basically did that, but more efficient more better as a second-year player. Yeah, it's sick. Six shit. What? We've never seen this. We've truly never seen this other than LeBron. And no. he does it in a totally different way than LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I think if there is just natural progression from Luca, which I think can be expected, I mean, that, that looks like a triple-double legitimately. Yeah. Or it looks like 33 a game and 9-9. Nine and nine. And if he does but, that and the Mavs are good. 
And those are show and that show in the past, those are worthy of MVP. It, it was MVP numbers last year, in my opinion. The league just wasn't ready to give him that. And I think Giannis got his. It's always who's the next guy. Luca's the next guy, and he's the next guy for the next decade. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is the year we see that. Mm-hmm. Very good. And all right, finals predictions. We didn't do our winners of the West, so I guess we can. Wait, uh, hold on a second. Are we not a defensive podcast? You want to go defense? Yeah. Okay, defensive player of the year. Go ahead. Ben Simmons. We oh, both man. agree. Wait, for real? Yeah. I, yes. It's Ben Simmons, right? All right, let's go. The guy, I mean, how can we not pick the guy getting nutmegged by Victor Oladipo in the preseason? We have to. We have to. All right. I just want, I'm glad we agree on that. We, we can move on now. Thank you. Uh, we didn't We didn't do our West winners because I'm a bad podcast host and I forgot all about it. So yeah, let's go. Let's go finals. Uh, Overall, from the East and West, I picked the Celtics to win the East. I'm going to pick the Lakers to win the West. Lakers-Celtics rivalry, another chapter is installed, and I am taking the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron getting his fifth. And I'm taking Lakers out of the West. And like I stated earlier, I got the Sixers coming out of the East this year, taking a step. But that stuff's going to have to end because they're going to have to meet LeBron James and the Lakers, and the Lakers go back-to-back and win another one. We could do a whole podcast about this, but now that we both have LeBron getting his fifth, I just got to ask it. Does LeBron get to six? Yes, I, think no. LeBron, I think LeBron gets to six. I do too. God, I hope it happens. Me too. Um, all right. We have one segment left for you. It is our picks of the week. Every week on this podcast, we are going to pick a handful of games. We'll try to do five. Unless there isn't five, then we'll only do like three. But for this week, we've got five games between the NCAA and the NBA that we are going to make just money line selections on. We're not going to go against the spread because spreads are not available for all of these games, but we are going to give our selections for who will win these games. The five games for this week are Michigan at Nebraska, Wisconsin at Michigan State, Kansas versus West Virginia, and then the two NBA opening night games, the Warriors at the Brooklyn Nets and the Clippers against the Lakers in the Staples Center. Um, so let's run through these and I think we want to select one of these to be our pick off where we are opposing each other. Is that correct? We will be keeping track. Which, uh, which game would you like to select as our pick off? Wisconsin, Michigan state. Okay. We'll save that for last then. Uh, first let's start with the NBA games. Let's go warriors at nets. Who are you taking to win that game? I'm taking the nets to send a message and I think they win this game. I'm taking the golden state warriors. Ooh. I think Steph Curry is uh, going to return with a bang, with a Mike Breen bang, bang, bang. Um, is that Mike Breen that says that, or did I? Yeah, yeah. That wrong? It is right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Good. I just feel a little rusty, but it's, right, man. Hey, no, it's still the brief. It, this, this is our first one, man. All right. Uh, game number two: Clippers, Lakers. Give me LeBron. If the, if LeBron plays, give me Lakers. Is LeBron not going to play? Maybe. Who knows, man. What I don't know, you know man. We might. I don't know. We might. I don't. I don't know. I could just see. I can see us watching like Horton Tucker versus Jerome Robinson or whoever the fucking bum it or versus Luke Kennard on opening night. Maybe who knows, man. What is what is Paul George's stat line look like in this game? Uh, twenty three six and five on what from the floor? Um, eleven of forty two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think he goes no, like probably like forty three percent. 
I think he goes bad game again. I think he goes like three for 17. Ooh, and the Lakers man, Twitter is going to be on his ass. Boy, you better not. And he knows that. Um, all right, so we're both on the Lakers. Let's go to game three. This is, I believe, a Tuesday night game. Kansas hosting West Virginia. Good little Big 12 battle. Um, I'm going to take the Jayhawks. I've been I'm impressed with, with their wings. Rock chalk. I'm going to Jayhawks as well. And small ball five, Jalen Wilson. Rock chalk. Uh, to the Wolverines. Michigan is at Nebraska. Actually, a, uh, can I say sneaky? A sneaky hard place to play in the Big sneaky, Ten. Sneaky hard. Hey, sneaky. When it's about teams, we can say sneaky. Um, I, I'm i going to take the Wolverines, but this is a, a scary game for me. As much as I want to, I want to take the Wolverines as well. Okay, I'm flipping mine because you took Michigan. I'm I'm taking Nebraska. <laughs> Michigan's Michigan's been off for two weeks by the time this game happens. And it's a road game. And Big and Ten Nebraska teams, sucks. Big Ten teams lose to teams that suck on the road, apparently. I wouldn't know, but apparently you would. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they follow the Michigan State model and I'm gonna get ahead of it and say that Michigan loses. You're such a hoe. <laughs> such a hoe. All right, final final game of the week. This is our official pickoff. So we are going to track all of our picks, but we will really hone in on our official pickoff of the week. Wisconsin, the best team in the Big Ten against the Michigan State Spartans. The a worst middle of the pack team in the league. A middle of the pack team in the Big Ten. Go ahead, Cart. Hey, let me tell you a little tale about teams that bounce back. All right. The great teams bounce back. And we're going to show our greatness. Great? Yes. You're putting great on this team right now. Speaking into existence. Oh, boy. That's just homerism. And I, I thought we wanted to avoid that. You just gave yourself flowers for saying you've been objective. Yeah, well, you've been taking shots all podcast, so now it's my goddamn time, and I'm in my mic. The <laughs> the motherfucking Spartans are gonna bounce back. We're gonna regroup. We're gonna we're gonna get Rocket instead of Mark. We're gonna get Aaron Henry. Hopefully, he doesn't have his braids in because Fro Aaron Henry's a specimen. Is Pastor Langford gonna be there, or is uh, the best player on the team, Josh Langford, gonna be there? <laughs> Josh Langford needs Hold to burn some sage. Going. He needs to burn some sage in the locker room and maybe burn Thomas Kithier so he sits out too. So we bounce back. We we need a big. We need we need this little shit to stop all the talking. Word to Drake. All of the talking. All, all of the, the talking. talking. What's uh? Well, give me a final score too. I'm just curious. Ooh, I think in true Wisconsin form, I'm gonna go defensive battle. So I'm gonna say. 68-60 Spartans. Okay. I I don't know what the over-under will be on this game. I would expect it to be in the 130s. Yeah, probably like 135, probably. That's my guess. I am going to hammer the under. I'll tell you that right now. I think mm-hmm. Wisconsin is going to really stifle Michigan State's offense. I don't think the Spartans know where their scoring needs to come from right now. Um, I think it's a close game. I don't think it's a blowout but I think Wisconsin's a much better team right now. So I'm taking the Badgers. <laughs> whatever. All right. <laughs> that's, that's all I get. Yeah. Whatever. All right. That's, that's our pickoff for this week. I've got Wisconsin cards, got Michigan State. Um, we picked a lot of different games there. Three of the five that we just ran through, we have different teams. So our records will be fun to look back on next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's everything we had. 
This was episode one, really, of our, our new and improved Sleepers podcast. Follow us everywhere you can find us on the internet. You can follow me at GWizzy12. Catch my daily picks, which despite an 0-3 day, uh, I got a two-my-own-horn. I've had a nice record this season so far. Also, I am going to pay people the next time I go 3-0, $20 on Venmo. I'm a man of my word. So ride with me. If you retweet the day that I go 3-0, you'll get a $20 Venmo from me. Whenever that day comes. Do it. I mean, just do it. That's it that's what we got to do. It, it will. Believe. Come on. Uh, you can follow Cart as well at the Brody underscore CA. Yeah, oh, yeah. One and only. Twitter name, Twitter name from the start, never changed. And we've There's got no some new, we've got some new sleepers media pages, Cart. We do. So we got our YouTube page that'll be up and running. We're probably gonna post this on there. We have our Instagram page we got up and running. Uh, we have Twitter as well. Um, we're really gonna be touching all kind of social media forms with our content. And so, you know, we want to make sure we put out stuff for you guys to, you know, listen to. We look forward to your feedback as well. We also me and Greg are lining up uh, some pretty big guests as well to have on the podcast. So we're going to have a lot of different viewpoints, basketball opinions. So it's going to be really fun. You know, this is the start of a new journey for the sleepers. Uh, and, you know, hope for hope y'all take it with us. It's going to be fun. We'll put the links in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, like Carter said, if you hate us, let us know. Slide Link. in the DM. Is this like a YouTube video? Link down below. Swipe up for more content. Tell us that we suck if you hate us. Tell us that That's we're fine. great if you love us. Give us a five-star review and all that. Help us grow. Um, we've got more in the works, as he said. Keep an eye out for a little rebrand, relaunch come January. Shout out to a bunch of people that have been helping us work with that. I'm going to call them out, Eve and Mike, our creative consultation team, yes. cooking up magic. The goat team. Um, and quick shout out to some folks that gave us a lot of help and advice, just uh, it, sort of how are we going to go out and grow our podcast and do things better. So Chase, Keaton, Big Mike, we appreciate you and the conversations that we had in the last week. Lucha and boys. appreciate everybody that retweets my daily picks videos because I like doing those and it makes me feel good. So thanks. Yes, sir. More Positivity. Hey, love it, man. Let's Flip win. Flip that frown hat upside down, Cart. The hat's gone. <laughs> And on that note, episode one of the new and improved Sleepers podcast is complete. We out. Thank you. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.